0: thank you for listening. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Larry Elise. And on today's episode of On Murder Monday, we dive into the professor that was killed in his driveway. Fred Javelin wouldn't live to see Halloween. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Poddex, for sponsoring this episode. If you're a podcaster who can grow your audience or get more engagement, come check out Poddex. Podnex.com use the promo code Larry21 for 10% off your order. And also, if you're looking for a great true crime audiobook, come check out Audible, Audibletrial.com slash Larry21. If you use my link, you can get a free audiobook of your choice with no purchase necessary. As always, be a part of the show. Send us a voicemail at 682-305-0483. Your comments or Suggestions can be used in future episodes. And now on to today's episode. Fred Japlin was a respected University of Richmond professor of communications, and he always loved Halloween. This was an unexpected trait in the quiet, serious man, but everyone who knew him knew it was his favorite holiday. October 30th, 2004 was no different. He planned to take his three children to a party at a local mall a protracted and ugly divorce, Fred had full custody of the children. His life revolved around teaching and taking care of them. Opposites attract, and in the case of the children's mother, Fred X's wife, Piper Roundtree, it was certainly true. Fred was serious and quiet. Piper was described as a petite pixie, outgoing and energetic. She came from a loving and close Texas family and was particularly close to her older sister, Tina. Piper and Fred married in 1983. Piper got her law degree, but was unsuccessful in a law career. In one six-year period, she held five jobs. When the family moved to Richmond for Fred's teaching position at the university, his income enabled her to have nannies and other help. The couple lived in an upscale neighborhood north of Richmond. The pregnancies and post-pregnancy periods were increasingly difficult for Piper. She was open about believing in angels and fairies and that she had special powers. She was also a devoted mother who loved to paint and rollerblade with her children. Other mothers and neighbors saw her as as flighty and unreliable. As time passed, she became increasingly irresponsible with money, running up serious debt. Without telling Fred, he was furious when he found out and cut her off. But Piper always found found a way around the limitations. As she became more erratic and unreliable, more of the daily routine of managing the house and taking care of the three young children fell to Fred. As the problems between the two intensified, the marriage unraveled. She accused him of abuse on several occasions, even calling the police. There was never any evidence of abuse, and no one who knew Fred thought he was capable of violence. The neighbors in their tight-knit community never saw any evidence of it. Nonetheless, Piper complained to everyone, including her family in Texas, about how terrible Fred was treating her. Fred moved out of the house and started divorce proceedings when he found out she was having an affair. Ugly accusations flew back and forth between the lawyers. Piper, though a lawyer, frequently didn't show up at the hearings. She considered motherhood her primary calling. But the courts awarded custody to Fred. She and her family were devastated by the decision and considered it a gross injustice. To make matters worse, the judge stopped Fred's support payments to Piper and ordered her to pay child support. Piper packed up what she wanted from the Richmond house and moved back to Houston to be close to her family, especially Tina. The family rallied around her, convinced she was the victim of a corrupt court system. But even back home where she belonged, Piper just couldn't hold a job. On the morning of October 30th, 2004, Fred got up at 6.30 and put on a pot of coffee. He then went outside in his pajamas and slippers to pick up the paper. Neighbors heard loud pops and looked out the window. One saw a figure running away, but it was dark and they didn't see anything else. The police came and also didn't see anything out of the ordinary. But dawn revealed Fred's lifeless body lying in his driveway in a pool of blood. Police flooded the quiet street. His three children, who were asleep upstairs, were woken up and whisked away to a neighbor's house, and then to Michael Jablin, Fred's brother. It didn't take long for the police to discover the contentious divorce. A check of cell phone records showed that Piper's phone had pinged off towers near Richmond. The Richmond police contacted Houston's police to find and question Piper, which proved difficult as she managed to evade them. When they finally found her and questioned her, she maintained that she had not been in Richmond that weekend, but had been in Houston. She said the only person who benefited from Fred's death was his brother. She implied that Fred had been involved in many illegal activities and made many enemies. At one point, she even brought forms and a notary to a local bar and asked several men to sign the form that they remembered seeing her there the Saturday night after the murder. Nobody signed the form. She had not known that Fred had signed a new will naming his brother as guardian of the children. Ironically, Piper still would not get custody of her children. The police tracked down airline tickets and wigs bought in Tina's name. They proved Piper stayed in a local hotel under a different name and rented a car in Tina's name. Tina had been seen in Houston, so it hadn't been her. They pieced together the events that morning. Piper knew Fred's morning routine. She parked around the corner from earth glow house knowing that fred came out at 6:30 every morning for the paper dressed all black she waited for him as soon as he came out she shot him twice she fled and later took a flight to houston on november 8 2004 a week after the murder piper was arrested for the murder of fred Chaplin and was extradited to virginia for trial she maintained her innocence throughout in may 2005 A jury, which deliberated in less than an hour, found her guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced her to life imprisonment. Tina, who helped to get rid of computers that may have held incriminating evidence, and who helped Piper, pleaded guilty to evidence tampering, a misdemeanor for which she received a slap on the wrist, and a fine. From behind bars, Piper still maintains that Michael, who was raising the three children, benefited from Fred's death. And that she is a victim of a conspiracy and was framed by the University of Richmond, who killed Fred to keep him quiet. She was eligible for parole in 2020. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash tcns. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, be able to pay them, and eventually take this show on the road. As always, we thank you so much for watching and listening and have a great day. You've been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. Follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN or become a patron at patreon.com slash Sleeps. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app.